Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 743. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Both of them are free, including the postage and handling. Today I have a um, strong message from the book of Luke. I have also some songs and uh, some letters, but right now, let's pray. Father, uh, anoint me as you always do. Um, people that are in the church on a sham, Lord, that are just worthless. Um, make a way for new ones. I pray for real workers of the Lord. Real people that are of God. Not these phonies in, uh, that uh, surround uh uh, some of the phonies that surround people that are leaders that you've called to do your work. Uh, Lord, I ask that you anoint, that you open up hearts out in our listening audience and those that will listen to this tape in the future, this CD, and uh, that, uh, Lord, that you will rebuke Satan, that you'll open up doors for us in every way, send in uh, mechanics and teachers and uh, teachers to teach our school children. We have uh, good teachers, but we need more because we're always on the increase, Father, as you know. And, uh, uh, Lord, reject all the false people, all the false people that call themselves brothers and Give us some good quality people, people that are interested in working for you, that are interested in winning souls, that are interested in being uh, zealous and full of zeal. And I pray that you will heal those that are sick and afflicted in uh, our listening audience and those that will listen to these tapes uh, later. Uh, Lord, people that are needy, hungry, that are naked and uh, don't have anything, no water, provide for them, Lord, um, in every way. Miraculous, miraculously, in Jesus' mighty name. And uh, this, uh, we all say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, now, here's a song for you. Um, George Matola, who owned a big record company here in Hollywood, his wife uh, wrote a song for me, and nobody else that I know of has ever sang it before. It's called, uh, it's about a crystal nation, a crystal mountain. Uh, in the Bible, uh, the word mountain is used many times as nations. Um, and uh, crystal mountain is uh, the kingdom of heaven, the nation of Israel in heaven. We all must become Israelites before we're able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Here it is, Crystal Mountain. Way up high, there's a crystal mountain higher than the eagles fly, where love is flowing. Like a fountain where the soul will never 
it's free. My myself and Janie Fricky, who was uh, one of Nashville's uh, most important background singers, and then she became a big star uh, singing along there with me. And C.C. Couch, uh, who was with Columbia Records, they loved to come down and <laughs> help me out on these uh, records that I was cutting out there in Nashville at the time. All right, now we've got some... Um, we're in uh, the, what chapter are we in? I think uh, chapter 15? 16. 16 of Luke. All right. Well, you know, let's see. We're in verse 9. And Jesus is talking to uh, some people here. And I say unto you, uh, make to yourselves friends of the mammon. He's talking about a bunch of uh, people that uh, don't do their jobs well in the church, in the body of Christ. And he says, uh, you people, you're going to be kicked out. You're going to be out on the streets. And so what you ought to do is, uh, you're going to hell too, but you have to exist. You have to get along out there in that world by yourself. This is Jesus talking here. And he says, and I say unto you, make to yourselves Friends of the mammon of the world, the mammon of unrighteousness. Get to get get in with the unrighteous people out there, like yourselves. Get out there now. You hear? Go uh, to the media. 
the unrighteous media. Go, you know, get, get to going out there with the Vatican and all those people, the ones that's going to hell just like you, that when you fail, and you have failed because uh, he's talking about this person that uh, was fired by his boss because he was doing things wrong, that they may receive you into everlasting habitations. That means everlasting hell. Now that's the real interpretation of that scripture. He that is faithful in that which is least. Now there's some people that are faithful in very little, but then they're unfaithful in so much that you can't really uh, use them any longer. Uh, the Lord can't use them. He that is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in much. And he, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. In other words, when people don't obey the Lord, like King Saul was faithful, he went and uh, killed all those people in that city. But he didn't, uh, he didn't kill the animals. And some of you animal lovers out there say, well, he's not supposed to kill animals. Well, you'd wind up in hell too because the Lord told him to kill the animals. So he that is unjust in the least things, in other words, that doesn't pay any attention to what those that have the rule over them say, or even women that have husbands that they don't pay any attention to their husbands, when they're telling them godly things, come on, uh, let's get over, let's get over to the house. I want to do a message or, a, and they just want to stay shopping or something like that shows that they are not of the Lord. They're unjust and they're unjust in much because they don't care about messages going out to hundreds of millions of people all over the world. They just care about their stinky selves. And so, therefore, they're unjust in much. While we, uh, you know, look at the fax machines, it's a huh, big deal. Anybody can do that. But you're not obedient. You don't care about souls. Verse 11. If, therefore, ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon so that they could see that you're of the Lord so that they could be saved who will commit anything to you who will commit to your trust uh, anything true riches it's for sure the Lord will not commit to you uh, his work, which is the true riches. But that's the correct interpretation of this, uh, these two passages here. All right. Uh, verse 12. And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, if you don't care about other people, like, for instance, getting the gospel to them, getting the message of the Lord to you, who shall give you that which is your own? 
you're not going to get anything from me. And the, even the Lord says, who will do that? They'd have to be ungodly to give you anything. Because you're not even supposed to eat. The Bible says if we don't work, we, we're not to eat. Verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. You have to make your choice. So if you're not serving the Lord, the Lord's going to have the head of the church put you out. And so you better start serving that master. You better start uh, doing some favors for these ungodly people out there because then now you're going to be dependent on them. And the Bible says that they're cruel taskmasters. They don't care if you're working at a restaurant and you don't really get a break. If customers are in here, you get busy and stay there. Now, when uh, there's a lull in the traffic here, well, then you can go and take a quick bite. But you have to pay attention to your uh, post, to the place, to your station where you've been stationed or posted. Verse 13, so no servant can serve two masters. You can't serve God. For either he will hate the one, which uh, people do, if they prefer shopping over serving the Lord and keeping true to their word. They said they're going to just go in there and get something and come right out. Who can trust you? Or either he will hate the one, so do you obviously hate the Lord, and uh, love the other. I just love this job. I'm serving the Lord. I don't love that, but I love this job. I love to eat. And I love to eat where I want to eat. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. I know people in churches all over the country that hate. They despise doing the work of God. But they love the benefits. They like to take the money of God and go shopping for their worthless selves. You cannot serve God and mammon. Well, what is mammon? Mammon is the root of all evil. That's money. You want to take God's money and spend it over, you know, and despise God's work and spend your money or money that's not yours that belongs to the Lord. It should go to those that are needy instead of you who are wanton. Some of the people have so many clothing that they don't even have closet space enough to put it. And yet they keep wanting more and more. They don't care anything about people that are, that only have maybe one shirt or two or three shirts or a couple of pair of pants or one pair of shoes. They just don't care about it. They care about self. And that's the opposite of what the Lord uh, wants us to be. He wants us to be selfless. He wants us to be concerned, to prefer others before ourselves. Isn't that true? Yes. Verse 14. In the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things. 
and they derided him. Well, how are the Pharisees covetous? Because they want everything that you have. And they're not of the Lord. Uh, they teach the law. They know the law, the Bible says. But they don't do what the law tells them to do. They don't care about humans. They're in the church. And as a matter of fact, they're the rulers of the church. But they don't care two cents about you. They walk around like they're stars and they love to have people ask for their autographs just because of the fact they're on television. You know, it's an amazing thing. Sue and I were on TV for 15 years and every television ministry that I know uh, has copied the way we dress, the, the, our big orchestra and choir. Uh, they hire them, but we won our people to the Lord, our orchestra and choir. Uh, was given salvation through us. And they copied us. We were on 10 years. And every place we'd go before that, nobody uh, paid any attention to us hardly when we'd walk down the street. But when we were in malls and everything, people would mob us and ask us for our autographs. And they talked to us as though they knew us forever. And that's the way it would be again if I got on television People come rushing over. I don't know why. They see somebody that's in the movies and they all of a sudden they love the part that they're playing. It isn't really the true person. And this is why the movie stars and all these kind of people are so upset with the paparazzi because they know they're nothing. They're just actors or actresses. Even the actresses today want to be called actors. Uh, but they're not. They're actresses. And they just keep falling for the cliches that the world makes up. Uh, and they just don't like anybody as hip as I am that knows uh, what they're doing and what doctrines they've picked up from the world rather from the Bible. But anyway... So the Pharisees, also who uh, were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. Because they served, they thought they were serving God, and they knew that they were serving mammon. They didn't like him exposing them. Uh, and they knew also that they were not faithful to God, in which which is another man's. They cared nothing about a person, another man's stuff. As a matter of fact, another man that has something, it isn't, uh, we don't want him to have anything of his own. We want to have what he has. Who shall give you that which is your own? If you're not faithful in another man's goods or what he has. And uh, he said, therefore, ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. You haven't been uh, faithful to those that are not saved yet. And so, therefore, those that are out there on the street that actually own businesses and everything, who's going to hire you? 
Who's going to commit to your trust? Anything. And, uh, folks, let, uh, uh, let me tell you that God is wiser than you and the unrighteous mammon. Uh, he's not going to give you anything, the riches of the kingdom of God. You're not worthy. So those that are uh, unjust. Now, it's good justice to do what the Lord said. He said, prefer others before yourself. If you see somebody that's naked, clothe them. If you see somebody that's hungry, give them to eat. If you see somebody that's thirsty, give them to drink and give them the gospel. So he that is unjust, there's no justice in you whatsoever. You don't care if you lie. It's no big deal. You say you're going to go in and shop for 10 minutes, just run in and run out, and you spend an hour in there loading your basket, and you've got way more than uh, people that are in the world. And so you lied, too. You said you're going to come right away because I've got God's work to do. And I'm not interested in your work. Those that are unjust, that's just no justice there at all. In the least, they're also unjust in much. Everything. They lie. They just keep lying and lying all day long. They expect a person of the Lord to put up with it. I had to bail uh, other people out of the church today because of that sort of thing. If there you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who's going to commit to you or trust uh, the true riches? Who's going to give you anything? And do you think that God is going to give you anything, the true riches? To give you the spirit and to give you power in the Lord and to give you uh, the ability to be able to cast out devils and to lay hands on those that are sick and afflicted with all the innumerable diseases that are in the world today. Well, I don't care anything about that. I'm hungry and I want to eat and I want to buy uh, more clothes so I can cram them into my closet. You wait out in the car while we out here and you just say, we're in here shopping. When we told you we'd be out there in just a few minutes. No, 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 no. You don't lie like that. Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, like me being another man has to go and do a, um, a message. I'm cranking out. 12 messages here on the 4th of July weekend. I've done seven of them already, and I've got five more to go, and I have to finish them today. But no, uh, we want to be shopping. No, you're unfaithful in another man's business. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, Who shall give you that which is your own? You're not going to own anything, kid, because your clothes are going to wear out and nobody's going to give you anything because people that are in the world can read right through you. And if you think that the Lord can't read through you or people of the Lord can't, you're crazy.
Verse 13, no servant can serve two masters. You can't talk out of one side of your mouth and then out of the other. There has to be all one talk come out of your mouth and your body has to be doing all one deed. No servant can serve two masters. If you're lying and then going in and doing things instead of coming and doing uh, messages, you can't do that because now the message wasn't done last night because you were busy serving your own self, which the Bible, which Jesus said, no, you're supposed to be more concerned about him than you. All you are is a big, fat piece of uh, bulk. You've eaten so much that you are heavy with bulk. And you're sacked full of goods. For either he will hate the one which you do, you hate the Lord. No, I, I'm so used to saying that I love the Lord so that I can be in the church and receive all the benefits from the Lord. And will love the other. Well, you do love the other, and it's obvious because your deeds really are the things that show who you believe and who you love. Isn't that true? Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You know, stopping messages and uh, slowing the messages down shows that you despise God. You cannot serve God and the world. Zivelt. Look and think for yourself. You can't do that. You have to do what the Lord says to do. Or anything other than that is you're serving Satan. If you're serving yourself, you're serving Satan. Thus saith Jesus, who is God-man. You don't believe that? That's why you're not of the Lord. And we know you don't believe it because you do the things that the Lord tells you not to do. You're tired of hearing about the gospel. Well, the Lord is tired of you. And he's the one that spits people out of his mouth. You have shown that you don't love the Lord. There's another woman in the church that has done everything in her power to torment people in the church. She ran her husband off with her vicious mouth and her nagging. And now she ran her daughter out of the church. And everybody's writing letters and saying things about her for years. Finally, the Lord had enough of her. Her own husband said that I can't be around her for more than five minutes. What I do, Tony, is I just leave the room. I leave wherever she is because she is despicable. And he's one of the most mild-mannered people I've ever met in my life. And he's a very good servant of the Lord. And so finally, uh, this letter came in today from one of the people and says she's driving everybody crazy in the church, accusing people of running her daughter off. And everybody knows, he said, that it's her that's running people out of the church. So what am I left to do? 
Should I let her stay and ruin the church, or should I put her out? I had no other alternative. I called the church and said, put her out. She thinks that she's so valuable that nobody else knows how to mail things out. Well, I beg your pardon. People do know how to mail things. Before I was saved, I was the one that started, uh, you know, before um, record companies would only distribute records through record distributors. There was around 50 or 52 record distributors in the United States. There was two of them in New York that everybody used to like to use. Well, one was Alpha and the other one was Beta. And, um, and then there's Buckeye distributors and all these different ones throughout the country. Well, I had the best record in the world. It was number one. Uh, what I did is put together 20 original oldie, oldie but goodie records. And they were really big time records. Because the number one disc jockey in Los Angeles was, his name was Earl McDaniel. And he called the record companies and told them which ones he wanted. And boy, they didn't dare refuse him because he wouldn't play their records anymore. What do you think about that? You know, you have to play bull with the record companies. The record companies had to play ball with the disc jockeys, and they always do. Doesn't make any difference whether people want to receive that or not, but they do. And so I come up with the first time that anybody ever put 20 records on one album. And so I went to the distributors in New York and they said, well, I said, you can have this record if you'll buy 50,000 of them right now because you know they're going to sell. They said, what have you been smoking, kid? I says, I wasn't smoking anything. But my favorite cigarette, I used to smoke like a chimney. And so... They says, well, uh, did you get them in the stores yet? And I says, wait a minute, I thought that's what you distributors do. You're to take them in. And she says, well, is it on the air? I says, I don't want it played on the air. I want to sell it. Uh, and I says, you know something? You guys are too fat and sassy. You've been, uh, and we want 300 freebies for each thousand that we buy. I says, you're sick in your head. What have you been smoking? Well, this is the way we do it, you know. So I decided to make an electrical transcription with Earl McDaniel, the number one DJ. And he said, hi there, this is Earl McDaniel with the most fantastic record offer of all time. 20 smash hits on one big LP for only whatever the price was. And then he'd start playing cuts from the LP. And we were so, uh, I started doing it that way. I hired phone rooms all over the country. And uh Oh, unbelievable. Hundreds of thousands of albums were selling. And without distributors, I became my own distributor. I was the record company. I was the one that put it together, Earl McDaniel. I got him. I gave him a percentage of the uh, the record. And uh, we um, and uh, the phone rooms. And then I hired a packing plant in Brooklyn. And they called it ADA, American Distributors. And to mail them out. And what I do is I take, they call up and say, man, you know, you gotta bring down fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars. We got a big load to send out today. So the, the, the 
phone room would take these boxes full of these requests for the records over to Brooklyn and give them to them. And then uh, I would call uh, Mr. Brown, who owned Rainbow uh, Records here in uh, Hollywood, or else Lenny Chess, uh, Chess Records and their pressing plant over in Philadelphia. And, man, we just, uh, I had them send it over to the plant. And then the cardboard plant, I said, send the cardboards over there because they had the address, my address staple uh, printed on that. And uh, the people over at the packing plant would make up these uh, COD slips. Well, uh, anywho, <laughs> we, we made uh, millions and millions of dollars without any distributors. So there's more. We country boys know that there's more than one way how to skin a cat. But you can't. There's only one way to serve the Lord. Only one way. Well, what would that way be? Just to do what he says. Amen. Amen. No servant. You You can't serve me and somebody else, boy. You can't serve me, Jesus said, in some other way of life that you've chosen for yourself. You gotta shed that old snake skin of yours and become a new creature in me. Just like I shed those distributors and I went on the air. And now all these big record companies are copying my method of selling records. Everybody thought you just had to go through a distributor and go in the record store. And then you had to get on the air. Well, I paid to be on the air. I bought, made electrical transcriptions, in other words, commercials, and I went on. So no servant can serve two masters. You can't do it two different ways. I couldn't make all that money and then serve the distributors. And I found out that uh, when the Lord says something, he made that. And all the phonies, they'll say amen, but they don't really mean it. Because they serve themselves. And as far as the Bible says, that's like serving another master when you're serving your stinking self. Because it, until the day comes that you realize that you stink and the Lord is wonderful and sweet and pure and clean and true, you're a lie. The Lord is the truth. No servant can serve two masters. Uh, for either he will hate the Lord and love the other. That's but you're loving yourself and hating the Lord. When you love yourself, you're hating the Lord. Or else he will hold to yourself and despise the Lord. You cannot serve God and yourself. Your stinky, rotten, filthy, selfish self. Do you get the point? Huh? Okay, good. There's only about four people in this room, and there was four of them over there. That, uh, and I don't think the engineer said anything, did she? Did she say amen? Okay. Verse 14. And the Pharisees also... They're like uh, these phonies in churches that they, they say they're of the Lord because we're Pharisees, we're Christians. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous for themselves, 
They want your stuff. Therefore, they're covetous. They don't want to give to you. They want to take from you. Send in your money to us and God will send you bushel baskets of money. <laughs> A friend of mine, he owned the Sergeant Pepper stores, five of them in Nashville. And he started working for me because he said that this evangelist told him to send him money and uh, that the Lord would send bushel baskets of uh, money into him back. And so what he did is he bought a bunch of bushel baskets and put it in his living room and he sent everything he had in the bank to this <laughs> this phony evangelist. And he sat there for days waiting for the Lord to fill those bushel baskets. And Sue and I laughed, but it's not funny. But I mean, we just couldn't help because he was so naive that he just, you could see that his eyes, you know, were just tremendously disappointed. God doesn't do things that way, folks. He's not because you're going to send money to a phony or support a phony work. He's not going to send you bushel baskets of money. As a matter of fact, you're going to wind up, this one did, Doris Bradley, he wound up working for me at the Alamo of Nashville, the number one clothing store in the world. We must have been a number one because we were serving the Sultan of Brunei. King Alfred Bongo of Gabon, richest people in the world. Mrs. Jacqueline Onassis. Uh, Nuryerve, the ballet man from uh, Russia. Mrs. Douglas MacArthur. Uh, all the rock and roll people, most of the rock and roll people, I'll put it that way. And uh, the pop singers. Frank Sinatra, Lucille Ball. All the major, the Beatles, Elvis Presley, and his backup singers, the J.D. Sumner and the Stamps, were number one. The government uh, closed that operation. I also was in 10,000 stores with my clothes. It just, I just did it to show people that when you become a Christian, you don't lose your brains. That I can outdo anybody out there in the world. I was number one in the clothing industry, number one in the gymnasium business, number one in the promotional field, number one in so many different fields. And then you get a bunch of dipsticks that think that they can, can uh, snow you. <laughs> oh, God. People are stupid. Amen? Amen. But at any rate... I was given the gift to be able to do these things. I was number one in the restaurant business. Every business I have ever opened up, it was better than anyone else. And uh, Susie told me to do some of these. So I had promotional, you know, during the time of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, I did the promotion for the singer Rural Vaughn. I didn't want to do it, but Susie said, the people in the industry think you're nuts because you were number one and you left and here you are passing out uh, gospel literature on the streets. And she says, do this uh, last promotion here. Promote this opera star, Rural Vaughn. And I says, well, says she, okay, if you want me to. She, I like the way he sings. So, so, all right. So I did it and made him a number one star. Within uh, 90 days, he was the, he's working at a woodworking factory. 
and he became the star over the Casino de Paris uh, show. It was a hundred people imported from France, the Casino de Paris, and they made Rovan the star of it at the Dunes Hotel in Las Vegas. And his name was uh, right on the marquee saying Rovan and the star of the Casino de Paris uh, at the Dunes Hotel. And he became an overnight sensation. Jack Benny endorsed his uh, uh, my album. Uh, Frank Sinatra started running around with him, and all these big name people were just all over the place. And my aunt uh, Viola went to see him and went to the backstage, and she said, and he told her, if it wasn't for <laughs> Tony, your nephew, I wouldn't be here today. I tried to talk him into doing gospel, but he just wouldn't do it. But I did what Susie said the Lord wanted me to do and proved that I was number one. I did the promotion for Sonny and Cher as well. I haven't lost my marbles since I've been saved. I'm older and I'm wiser. You're stupid if you think that you're smarter than a person that would choose the Lord Jesus Christ rather than the world or myself. Myself, I would have gotten all kinds of glory out there for doing those things, and there would have been many more things. The whole Democratic Party came after me to do their promotion for the entire Democratic Party. Ted Chirac is still alive and will verify that he came with Walter Winchell and, and Jack Kennedy and uh, all the boys, uh, Bob Kennedy and all those people, to for me to do the promotion for him, including Mayor Yorty of Los Angeles and a bunch of other people. You don't know anybody like that. You know, as far to me as I said, everybody needs me. I don't need anybody. Well, the Lord allowed me to lose my eyesight so that I have to depend on a lot of people to do things. And because of the fact that I need that, I do that because the Lord wants me to not be a, you know, a uh, one-man band, so to speak. But uh, some of the people that uh, think that because of the fact that I can't see that they're, I'm dependent on them, but there's so many others that will do a better job than them. And so they start taking advantage, just like other idiots that I've known in the past out in the world. They're worldly. And so I have to shed them uh, because they're too obnoxious for me. Actually, I could do without them. But the thing is, is that I want to do a lot of tapes for the Lord. I want to do all kinds of things for the Lord. I want to serve him. But I'm not uh, the Pharisees and these kind of people also who are covetous. Yeah, they, um, they, they want what I have, but they don't want to serve the Lord to get it. The Lord knows that I love him. I've left that career, and I haven't regretted one second of it. I am so happy now. I'm so happy even if I have to go to prison for the gospel. I count it all joy. So the Pharisees heard all these things, and they derided him. Verse 15, And he said unto them, um, uh, 
because he he was uh, so much more powerful than them. He was not afraid of them at all. And he let them know uh, exactly that he wasn't afraid of them. He said, "Ye are they which justify yourselves before man. You're justifiers of yourself. God doesn't justify you, but you justify yourselves. But God knows your hearts. He knows your rotten, filthy." hearts for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of god in other words you people are an abomination so do you know that takes a lot of guts when have you ever stood up to these phonies in this world like jesus did (laughs) he says you guys are the ones that justify yourselves before men why we're just great and one of these uh, reporters died and oh my god he was wonderful he did the best report what he reported about stuff that was contrived by the vatican and it's meaningless it doesn't mean a thing except the fact is is that they're going to hell and if he didn't choose to have the lord jesus christ in him he's going he's in hell now but god knows your wicked hearts for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So when you see the news medias having this big funeral for the Pope, well, that's highly esteemed among men. And, oh, they're just so uh, quiet, you know, because he went on. The Pope, uh, he had uh, uh, Terry Schiavo uh, starved to death when she wanted to live. But him, uh, he didn't want to go to the hospice. <laughs> he didn't want to go to the hospital. The Pope didn't. Because he knows they're liable to put a sign up above him, no food, no water. <laughs> he said, I'll just die over here at the Vatican. I'll probably live a few more minutes. But he's dead now, and his soul is in hell. How do I know that? Because the word of God says so. He blasphemed the Holy Spirit. So you people that make yourself uh, highly esteemed, uh, you think you're something. Among men, you try to make it look like, uh, you know, the pastor doesn't know anything. We know, and it doesn't matter what we say. If we lie to him or whatever, uh, we esteem ourselves great. You're an abomination, you swine, in the eyes of the Lord. Abomination. That means ugly, filthy in the eyes of the Lord. The law, verse 16, the law and the prophets uh, existed until John. So, but the law continues on. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. Every man that really wants to be saved. Amen. Amen. Verse 17. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle. One tittle or of the law to fail. So people that say that the law is over with, it says it's don't think that, because uh, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my law 
my law that says you're to prefer others than your rotten, filthy self and to covet things that don't belong to you. Uh, this law is you breaking the law like that, you're going to hell and you still think you're safe because you don't have any brains, any spirit in you. You don't believe it. But the Lord says heaven and earth will pass away. It's easy for heaven and earth to pass away than for one jot or tittle of the law to fail. It's going, you're going to get, you're going to be judged by God, not yourself. Whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery. And whosoever marrieth her that is put away from her husband committeth adultery. All right, so that means a lot of people misinterpret this scripture. Uh, it is straightened out later by the Apostle Paul. He said that if a woman that is not of the Lord, uh, you can put a woman away for uh, adultery. And adultery involves that she doesn't pay any attention to what you say. She's committing adultery. I mean, she's not serving the Lord. She doesn't care about others. She cares about herself. And you can put her away for that. She's committing adultery on the Lord. And so it doesn't make really any difference uh, what she says. Uh, she uses these scriptures here wrongly. Whosoever putteth his, away his wife. And then Jesus uh, says that you can put her away for adultery. Adultery against him. If you don't serve God, if you don't pay any attention to what he says, uh, then another scripture comes into play. Be ye not unequally yoked with people that despise the word of God, that prefer themselves over the Lord. So you have to put that woman away. But anyone that marries that kind of a woman that has been put away uh, is committing adultery because she does not deserve to be married again. She cannot be married again. Well, she'll say, I can, no matter what Jesus says. But she can't. She can't get away with it, rather. Uh, it'll happen on Judgment Day. And they marry another. They commit uh, adultery. And whosoever marries her that is put away from her husband. Now, it says that uh, the woman can put away her husband if he's an adulterer. And, uh, or if the man just leaves her and doesn't want to serve the Lord and she comes right out and says, I believe that you commit adultery and you can, uh, you know, I carry a pack of gun. If I have to kill somebody, I can do that. If I have to murder somebody or defend myself and kill, well, then, um, I, I, I can get away with that. No, you can put that kind of a person away. And uh, the Bible says that if he walks away from you because he believes that uh, you're preaching the wrong thing, well, then she can remarry, but only to a person that's of the Lord. So this scripture, you really have to know the whole Bible. You can't take one scripture and make the whole Bible out of it. You just can't do that. It says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. Every word. You have to put the whole Bible together. Otherwise, how are you going to explain it to people? 
because you'll think that there's uh, contradictions, and there are no contradictions whatsoever. All right, so verse 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day of his life. Verse 20, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his uh, gate full of sores all over him. Verse 21, and desiring to be fed with the uh, crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his uh, sores. Oh, this is just getting so good here. We're going to take this up in the next message. Uh, but right now, it's time. Ordinarily, it would have been time to read letters, but we passed that time, and now it's time to be uh, born again of the Spirit, to receive uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, his Father, and the Holy Spirit. And the way you do that is just say this prayer. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul as sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, you will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord and give him all the praise and the honor and the thanks for entering into you and saving your soul and washing all your sins away. And now you have to continue on in the Lord, in the word, to the end, or you cannot be saved. Now, Sharon, tell everyone how they can receive a copy of this uh, message, this program, number 7. 43. It's free of charge, including postage and handling. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479 479- 782-7406. Praise the Lord. Well, this is World Pastor Tony Lamo saying tune in tomorrow for another powerful message. Uh, the real truth of the Word of God. You know that God, uh, this is the straight and narrow way into the kingdom of heaven to believe the gospel as it's written. Now the Lord, you know, says, you know, he whipped people and he, uh, he really reproves and rebukes. He drowned the whole world. He's going to put the whole world in heaven on fire. And, um, so therefore, he's a rough and tough God. He really, uh, he's a good God because he sent his only begotten son in to die for you, but, uh, he's a rough God. He's a terrorist. And, uh, this is gonna, we're in the Battle of Armageddon right now, and here I am to sing it for you. The Battle of Armageddon. 
there's a mighty battle coming, and it's well now on its way. It'll be fought at Armageddon, oh, it'll be a sad, sad day. In the book of Revelation, verse in chapter 16, say, they'll be gathered their great armies for the battle on that day. All the way from the gates of Eden to the battle of Armageddon, there'll be trials and tribulations, there'll be sorrow and despair. But he said, be not your trouble, for these things must come to pass, and your life will be eternal when you dwell with him at last. Turn the pages of your Bible in St. Matthew, you will see, start with chapter 24, read from 1 to 30. And he spoke of that great battle and it's coming by and by All the way from the gates of Eden to the battle of Armageddon There'll be trials and tribulations, there'll be silence But it'll be not your trouble, for these things must come to pass And your life will be eternal when you dwell with him at last Against nation, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be great signs in heaven, in the sun, the moon, and the stars. All the hearts of men shall fail them. There'll be gnashing on their feet. Those who seek it will receive his mercy and save his peace. All the way from the gates of Eden to the battle of Armageddon, there'll be trials and tribulations. There'll be sorrow and despair. But All the way from